Hi, everyone. Welcome to the bonus episode of How Real Life Works. This is Andre here with Annie as usually. Hello, everyone. In this bonus episode, as you probably know by now, based on the title, you are going to get the raw unfiltered interview with Alex, our dear copywriter. And like I mentioned in one of the previous intros, we already did some content with Alex, but maybe Annie, you can explain to the listeners how we got to know Alex. So we did a collaborative event with YWC of Vancouver. Basically, we did a stream. It was our first stream ever. If you're curious, you can find it on our YouTube channel. We talked about how to gain confidence, just basically discussed with four panelists on the topic of confidence for high school students. And Alex is one of our panelists. Throughout the collaboration, we find that she also has a podcast. It's called The Mobile Mentor, if you want to check that out. And we also found out that she's a copywriter which we haven't had an interview on the more creative realm on our podcast. So we thought maybe we invite her on the podcast and she can be the guest this time instead of the host. The extra thing that you're going to hear in this bonus episode has something to do with Alex's past. <laughs> so she didn't study copywriting, FYI. She studied architecture first and then somehow just like many of us has discovered something new in her life. And based on the interview, you will see that she found her true passion. She also talked about being a freelancer copywriter. So that is something new that could maybe help you if you're looking to start working as a copywriter in the freelancing space. Uh, what about you? What were your highlights? The other highlights, I think it's also she talks a little bit about like, what are the good signs of becoming a copywriter and what goes after copywriting, essentially the possible career futures you could have. I found those are really interesting. And obviously we always have questions that we provide, like what exactly is this? How does the day in the life look like? And how do you become a copywriter if you were interested? So those are really um, good points I think we bring to this episode. Yep. So that's a lot of intro from the two of us. So let's get into the bonus episode with Alex, the full interview that we did. And if you like our podcast, be sure to subscribe and follow. Today, we are here with our guest, Alex, and this is me, Annie, as usual. And we have Andre say hello to everyone. Hello. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Today, we have another career episode for you. And this is very exciting because uh, we've known Alex through the YWCA mentorship program I have been in. If you are watching our channel, you may have seen Alex on our YouTube channel as well. But this time, we are specifically focused on her career, which is a creative copywriter. Aside from that, she also works as a model, as well as she has her own podcast, which is very exciting. So let's dive right into the topic. Uh, could you explain to us, Alex, in simple terms, what exactly is copywriting? And also, what does a creative copywriter do? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the question. Firstly, hi, everyone. Um, creative copywriters. I would say it's sort of translating information, sort of anything that's sort of fact or anything that just is into um, a piece of communication that has an idea captured into it or that has like an added value to something. So for example, you have a table, you have a banking card. This is a plastic banking card. This is a table. But what we do as creative copywriters is make it sound really exciting and add value and add like a story around it so that it kind of either pulls someone in, attracts them in, sells them something or inspires them, whatever the sort of objective is. So for example, a really great thing I heard recently on a podcast um, by this comedian called Joanne McNally. She said, she's talking about trash. And like, you know, when you put um, the end of your dinner into like a trash can or rubbish can, 
And she was like, at the end of the day, it's pretty much a, a smorgasbord if you catch it at the right time. And for me, that's like a great example of creative copywriting because you're basically translating what a, a trash can into something that sounds really great. A smorgasbord is this delicious like platter of variety and it's like it's continental. It brings up so many ideas in your head. It's luxurious. Like it's basically a glorified bowl, really. It's massive. It's full of great food. You know, if you think about it, you're translating the ordinary into something extraordinary. And that's what creative copywriting is. I, I don't know the word that you just mentioned. What kind of board? It's, um, I think it's a Swedish term, but it's used to sort of to describe something that's like a delectable platter of these delicious foods on a plate, like uh, a variety of like, you know, so yeah, smorgasbord, new word for you. <laughs> I'm going to give you another chance to give us an example because you mentioned the table. How would you make a table exciting? This is like one of those old school assignments they give you in ad school and they're like, sell me a pencil. And I'm like, I never went to ad school, so I can't sell you a pencil. But I think let's say... How would I sell you a table? It's basically been your home for like 12 months, you know? Like imagine all, you know, your hopes and dreams can happen on this table. You're in a pandemic. It's your best friend you see every day. You won't be able to live without this table. Like where do you put your laptop? Where do you put your dinner? Like the home isn't a home without this table. It's where the family gets together. Exactly. It's just basically like adding the value around the table, really. Sold. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking a lot about like, the good things like selling things, which is related to marketing. Mm-hmm. Marketing is something that people know maybe more than copywriting. Yeah. How does copywriting tie into marketing? Is it part of it? Do they compete? Tell us your opinion. Yeah, great question. So marketing is the realm in which creative copywriters live in. So you're trying to basically like sell something to people or um, introduce something to people or kind of showcase an idea and so creative copywriters live in this world along with designers and art directors and loads of other creative people and marketing strategists and thinkers to come up with communications that brands put out that people then realize like oh I want to choose that I want to buy that or I want to learn more about that so creative copywriter roles is their job to create the messaging around it like the idea like the taglines the um There may be the script that you might see as like a TV ad that you watch in your ad breaks when you're watching a program. Like creative copywriters will come up with all these things. They'll script something that you see on TV. Or if you go into a store, you might see your favorite like chocolate bar with like a line on it that's really catchy. Um, So creative copywriters kind of like come up with all those pieces of communication. It's either fun, it's like stand out, it makes you laugh. It's It's got an idea into it. Another quick terminology question. What is a tagline? A tagline is, it's sort of like a short line that it is intended to stay in someone's mind about sort of a product or a service, something that's catchy and quick and that you associate. So like Nike, just do it like that. Essentially, I think we we put out kind of like the concept of copywriting and what it's trying to achieve earlier when you were explaining to make something ordinary, extraordinary. So now that you're mentioning more examples, it's like in the ads, in print, I assume that copywriting is in everything, right? No matter it's like a video or it's like a packaging or just website. So the copywriter has to deal with all of these, right? For sure. And there are also loads of different types of copywriters, which is, I guess, like links to your point you've just shared, because creative copywriters might live in the more of the ideas space. Like I just mentioned, some of those examples would be those who are thinking ideas and have like the conceptual space. But at the other end of the spectrum, you don't have copywriters who are very technical and they're very focused and they have a niche and they have expertise in, let's say, like 
really technical information and then maybe more product copywriters, someone who's writing about the terms and conditions on the back of something that's legal or someone who's explaining sort of like the science of a shoe, you know, those kind of kind of copywriters. So there's a spectrum with how close it is to something that's more technical to something that could be more sort of creative and conceptual. And there's like a range of different different writing types. And I understand that like copywriting is also very uh, like commonly confused and also people wonder like how is it related to like content writing? Mm -hmm. Because you were just mentioning like the packaging of the product. I assume like the description of that product, like on the back of uh, any product, it's like trying to explain what this product does. That uh, is also a type of copywriting in this case, but it is also people might think like because it's sort of like content in a way like is that related in any way what's the difference between the two yeah this is a good question because um i think both sometimes are used interchangeably depending on what which industry you're in or what company you're in and um different definitions might need mean different things to different people so i would say from my gut experience and just from my awareness of the industry um content writers typically would be maybe more in the digital space so if you th- like think about blogs and more long form and um, people who are writing like ebooks and um, basically like chunkier content so that they're sort of like you're learning something from it, maybe something that's like perhaps it's even educational, um, like an educational piece of writing or text. Um, I would still say maybe on the example of like packaging, I think um, I would typically say that would probably lie with copywriters because that would be perhaps still in that marketing realm, but that's not, you know, exclusive. Right. So if we were to, let's say, make a blog about the podcast and then write about all the episodes, would that be considered content writing? I think you could probably say, yeah, that's you probably hire a content writer or you'd say, yeah, I did some content writing or um, yeah. And if perhaps you're creating a website that could equally be a content writer or a copywriter, depending on if there's, yeah, just how it's being held in the organization. So in this case, uh, the podcast description that we write for each episode, that's more like content rather than copywriting. I think it could be either. I think it could mm. be either. So it's like very similar, but <laughs> slight difference. Yeah. I would say because um, there's writing, which is like something that everyone can do or those who can write like are writers. But then there's copywriters that kind of have to think about, I would say there's like a problem you have to solve. But then content writers equally have to do the same thing. I think it's just depending on if you're in maybe more of a marketing setting or if you're just in a I'm just telling someone something setting. So I think that could different, help differentiate content writing from copywriting. But yeah, don't, don't quote me on that. That would be my main point of differentiation. So you wake up, what happens then? <laughs> in, in other words, what exactly is that you do on a day-to-day basis? Definitely wake up, have a coffee, have a walk. In terms of work setting, I would go in, check email, see what's going on. We have like Slack or the equivalent Teams, whatever your kind of messaging program is, keeps us all connected, especially in these times. Traditionally, then let's say a typical day might be there's a briefing. Um, so you'd have a few folks in a meeting. There's a new product project that's just kicking off. Someone in that meeting will give us the creative team sort of like, this is what we need to do. We need to launch it across email, website, social um, and a video and we tell the world all about what it does because this is such a great product and then that would just be sort of a discussion of like what needs to be done and like where we need to do it in our timelines so that could be sort of like one meeting there's also perhaps um, something that's more like uh, transactional copywriting so if there's like a promotion that's going on there's like um, let's say we're reducing sort of pricing towards something how do we create 
um, an email that's offering something really great to our, our customers, our guests, but don't say the word discount because that makes it sound sort of like almost tacky on, and less sort of valuable. So it's sort of like thinking about words and language that makes it still quite a premium experience, but in like a promotion offering. So sometimes it's more transactional thinking and like, and, and playing in that space. Um, and then sometimes we might just jump on a call and have like a half an hour brainstorming session about things um, and ideating research and discussion around things. Um, something that's been really prominent in my day to day is has been diversity inclusion talks and just like thinking around how we can make language and our brand work more inclusive and less exclusive and making sure that we're saying the right words to the right people. So that's also sometimes part of my day. You mentioned the word concepting or conceptualizing mm-hmm. so this is this is kind of like the high level you describe the high level what what is it that you do yeah and how actually do you get from the idea or from the assignment to actually putting the final words on a paper we would put together sort of like a presentation board and that could another word for that is deck or um a pre- yeah presentation a deck sort of a mood board um a slideshow that basically says, what what's the problem? What are we trying to do? What's the main message that customers need to learn about what we're trying to say? So like, if they were to look at one sort of thing, what would they take away really quickly if they were to look at that? Like, what's that, you know, that click? And then we'd put together our proposal. So that would be our idea is like the, the most, the best pan in the world, let's say, because we've realized like, these are pretty good pants. So our idea, our creative idea that has come from concepting is the best pants in the world. Because it makes it exciting. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to shoot it in. And this is, we put together all our ideas on like where we're going to shoot it in like a really sunny setting. So it looks really like sparkly and fun and exciting. And like the sun makes everyone happy. So it kind of reiterates that idea of like this bestness, if you could say. Um, and then like lighting direction, sort of some messaging ideas, like ideas around language we might use to talk about it. Um, what are the main points that support our, this is the best planet in the world? Like why are we, why are we saying it is to back it up so that people believe us? And then sort of like, uh, yeah, that's our sort of recommendation. And we put that forward to our creative director and they'd give us feedback and be like, yay, nay, change that. Awesome. Tweak that. And that's how it comes to life. Mm-hmm. But do you do your own research or do you look at, where do you draw inspiration from? So I would say there are two questions. One is, do I do, do I do my own research? If it's something that's really technical, I will have to, or I will lean on our product education partners. Like this is if we're in like a big organization that has a department. Often that's not the case. We are very lucky to be like someone who's really close to all the technical information can give us these facts. And then we sort of come up with that sort of phrasing the idea around it. So we obviously work quite closely with that, but in other places I've worked, I would do my own research about it. So if I'm like writing about ketchup, then I have to go and look into what, what what's in ketchup. What can I say about ketchup that makes it exciting? So that's sort of like that process. And then what was your second question? Inspiration. Where do you draw inspiration from? I would say watching a lot, consuming a lot, reading a lot, listening a lot, and just being curious about the world and the people. I think the re- the reason why it can, you can come up with an idea is because that one time you saw that show four years ago might pop into your head and make that click click magic and be like we should this is it this is what we should say about this product or you've heard someone say oh i really wanted that but they haven't invented that yet and then you're like tick, tick, you know the eventually just you find the great sort of positioning for what you heard in conversation from someone like ages ago and i think it's just always staying connected and curious in order to like bring that into sort of your ideation writing work i have one extra personal question because i recently hired 
uh, guy to help me as a copywriter. And wondering like how far do you accept feedback from, let's say, your creative di- director? Because you said that the creative director is the one who says yay or nay and so on. Mm-hmm. So with my copywriter, we we sort of got to this point where we think that, okay, the copy is, let's say, 90%, 95% okay. It says the message that I wanted to do. But to me, it still didn't feel like it's my own words. Like I really wanted to sort of micromanage this and really try to explain to him the words that I would use or what I think is wrong with the copy. So how do you feel about this? Like, like, okay, like, what do you think about what I just said? (laughs) (laughs) Give me your opinion, Alex. It's a very difficult thing to manage. And earlier in my career, I found this this sort of part of working really difficult because I think the writer and the person making, like any maker, is always going to be quite like wedded to their work. And it's a very personal thing. Um, and then the person giving feedback obviously comes from a completely different world, different viewpoint, different set of ideas, has a different agenda and motive and wants to achieve a different thing. So it's almost like a meeting in the middle where cooperation is really needed. And I found that what's what's worked is hearing what people have to say, hearing both sides very like egolessly um, and understanding where they've come from and what the feed, why the feedback is there, not just like we need to change that, which can be a bit strange. You, you kind of want to know why the feedback is there because at the end of the day, you both got sort of an objective and that's to like make something that goes out and it's the best it can be, like let's say. So as long as you arrive at a solution that does its job, then, and if you hear each other out, it might come to a point of someone being like, actually, yeah, I've heard, I hear you. I'm going to go with your recommendation or you know, equally it could happen the other way. And I think it's it's that plus maybe coming to the table with a few options. Um, so I think it's both people skills and like showing different ways we could approach it. And and um, and hopefully your copywriter can be like, oh, we're trying a new way that still feels like they can put themselves into the writing and still kind of achieve what you want to do. But um, it can often be hard because um, another concept I might introduce is tone of voice, which is like tone of voice is you know, every sort of organization, person, brand has a tone of voice, how they speak to the world. And if someone's a bit different to you, it's because it's a bit like people are different. So there's almost those nuances that um, might need to be discussed over and like, yeah, decided on. But if people are different, is, is it your role as a copywriter to learn how the other person or how your client or how your brand that you represent wants to speak? Or should it be about you, right? It should it should be about trying to speak in the way that the brand or person you're working for wants to speak. And in that case, and also achieving the objective at the end of it. So kind of it's twofold. So they can sometimes, you know, be different. Like if you're trying to achieve sales and you're saying a word or saying something that doesn't achieve sales, but it sounds like the brand or the person, then great. But it almost has to do both. It's a sort of compromise between both. But okay, so one final one final situation around this let's say you are a copywriter who has been working as a copywriter for 30 years you're like yeah. from the madman era you're like 50 you around or, yeah. or 50 or 60 right yeah and then i come to you as a fresh brand that's focusing on teenagers and i want you to write copy for tiktok is it even possible that you would do a good job because you're such a different person than what i want or do you think a good copywriter should be able to adapt to anything i do think the latter i think a good copywriter should be able to adapt to anything but then obviously it's down to the individual isn't it because i think a lot of people have different levels of adaptation and can think in different capacities 
it could be harder for someone who's from a different generation to kind of catch up and like understand the world we're in today and what TikTok, TikTok is like for sure that's going to be difficult but I do find like anyone who's just a thinker and wants to solve problems is able as long as they've got that will to do it and like that time to learn then it can be done it just depends on time which is our biggest asset right now <laughs> and also the will like some people just like I don't believe we should be writing for TikTok which can be sort of an attitude of people who are like older older industry folk um so yeah i think it's that's that comes into the conversation too yeah okay that was the end of my personal <laughs> segment so let's get back to the podcast you're still listening to the how we left words here, podcast <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's tackle this big question why do you think copywriting is useful to the world i would say it helps people decide what they want to 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 vote with like their money is their voting power it decides who what they're going to buy and therefore it also helps people decide which brand which company which product deserves their money and and helps them see themselves in that product because nowadays we know there's so much choice in the world for everything it's not just like there's one tv channel there's one chocolate bar there's one cereal there's so many of everything so copywriting helps people decide where they most align to where they most align with what feels right for them it's sort of an extension of our identity like what we keep around us now like our things our brands they're all very close to who we are so i think copywriter can help cut through a lot of the choice and be like i want to go with that product because they do some great stuff for sustainability and they're telling me about it like really you know quickly really um soon into their journey yeah and i think it just i think it just like helps us move through through a lot of choice really that's why it's so valuable Yeah, and earlier you were mentioning a little bit about like uh kind of like representing the minority as well as like inclu- inclusion, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people when they want to buy uh products, they want to support the brands that I guess support their ideas almost and that's where copywriting comes in place where it helps the consumers make that choices, right? Yeah, for sure. A really good point. Like if we if copywriters are telling people the the great things about product and the brand and the things that like they're about to buy, then people are more likely to be like, "Oh, I didn't know that." And then they're more likely to go in that direction. So I think it has such power to tell the stories and tell the information that people want to hear right now and then therefore buy it or choose it. You have actually worked in quite a few uh spaces like you have been where like now you're working in a big brand and you have also freelanced copywriting so what are some type of the companies and the environments you worked in and what are the differences as a copywriter like working in these sectors it's it's interesting because i think um there's definitely like a question between freelance and being hired full time and then there's like full time different like types of company that you might have experiences in but i think freelance the beauty of it is like you you have you can charge for your time and your time is yours and you're not wedded to a a place for a long time you decide like how much you want to work with them and you get to probably try a lot of different types in freelancing and and maybe there might be perks to to moving around and having a more mobile lifestyle um and i also find and that's great i found that side of things has helped me better define who i want to be and like what type of brands and like products and i want to work with and businesses and then um contrastingly working full time I've worked in advertising agencies, marketing agencies, digital agencies and then now brands like it within the brands themselves and it's just like so many different environments to experience there's so many things that I think lots of people don't like to speak about and they don't tell you in school things just like politics of the corporate environment like you can be a person who goes to work to get your paycheck to do your thing and you're a service to that that business but then there's more than that there's like the language of being in a corporate environment there's things you have to learn like 
financial stuff and paychecks and benefits and and just working with different types of people it's not always easy for everyone to do that um and also if you're coming into sort of a workspace with different ideas and different backgrounds you sort of have to learn to know how to react re- like interact with people it's a it's a whole new skill set of skills to learn like very interpersonal and it's also learning like how how you, i think there's a whole journey of how you want to feel and who you want to be in a workplace because i think nowadays people choose workplaces not just to go to work and get money but they go because they want to enjoy where they want to be and it's like the people around you you've got to feel good there like it's harder to stay in a place if you don't feel good or you know the management and like senior people are they supporting things that you believe in are they making choices that make you happy as a as an employee i think these are all big draws for like companies to pull in the right people and i think it's a matter of just deciding how again again like what you align with it's like the companies now are like trying to hire people based on if is there like a fit and they use the term cultural fit when you kind of go into interviews like to see if there's that match there to see if like the inside experiences matches who you are as an individual and i think that's a whole new thing to learn and it differs with the different environments we need some copywriting for hiring <laughs> to make sure we are like getting the right things <laughs> it's all about the message <laughs> when you are talking about the the cultural fit and what is the purpose of copywriting and how it helps the world so it basically helps to let's say get something that somebody thinks is good for the world to actual people so in your experience have you ever worked for a company where you felt like you were doing copywriting for the wrong company like you're trying to let's say promote or market something that shouldn't be marketed yes <laughs> yes Um yeah, I have and it's been I think that was where I realized I felt like I had a very sort of tumultuous relationship, like a difficult relationship with being in the marketing brand and advertising world because there's some things I have to write about or come up with ideas for that I felt maybe weren't good product products and services, but um I think that's when one has to sort of learn to sort of turn themselves off to do the job and like to and like always find um like a silver lining and a good reason to kind of be part of that process because you learn so much doing it like it's not just always about working with people and products and things that you like and a bit like life really you can always find a learning you can always like learn new skills by doing it and come out the other side and then take that forward to maybe something that you do really like um so yeah there've been times where that's been difficult and i've had to be like why am i doing this but then i that helped me get further to why I do it which is like I want to eventually write things that feel really good and help people but I have to learn all those skills in the meantime and in my journey but um yeah there's always like a way to find like a positive right you were talking a little bit about like how freelance provides a more mobile lifestyle for the uh be writers is that the only thing that's different from working in a full time so is there one that where you think it's like more challenging uh for beginning copywriters or it's more about just what kind of lifestyle you want to choose like if i want to be a full-time or like a freelance copywriter i would say probably it's speaking from my experience i would say it's more the lifestyle you want um because i think you can work with a range of different sort of brands and products and services if you work in an agency an advertising or marketing agency they might have like five or six or seven different types from like i said like ketchup to tables to let's say sustainable like packaging and you could work on so much all the time and that provides a variety but then you're still working perhaps with the same people for like 
perhaps years to come or months to come. Whereas freelance would be, you could get the range, but you might be working more like in an isolated experience. Um, and like maybe the connections you make, you have to move on from. So it's a lot more of like a, a fluent sort of lifestyle in that, in that space. Mm-hmm. Is it easy for copywriters to begin as freelance copywriters or is, should be more like from a company? Cause I imagine if I go up to, let's say one of the freelancing platforms and just put like, I'm a, copywriter it would be really hard right for people to get convinced uh to get started in that regard i could have hired you because the freelancer that i mentioned before he just joined the freelancer platform and he has no reviews but he convinced me through his application and through the test so i hired him (laughs) you see there's always a way i think there is always a way i mean and if you have a really great application or you bring something really special to a conversation or someone like sees something in you you know there's always a way in i think it's like boom andre was like you're you're my man i'm gonna hire you you're my woman like let's go so i think there's always that you know there's that way in but i do find i think starting fresh with less experience or going straight into freelance it might be a bit more difficult because I think the thing I learned from being in this industry is you're only as good as your last last piece of work so if you have something that maybe isn't you don't have a blog you don't have a portfolio to show what you've done it's harder to get those jobs because people want to trust and know that you can do it so I think you have to have something to show for yourself to kind of constantly get that work so there's definitely a will and people do it like freelance copywriting projects. And I think the person that Andre's hired, let's say, can now show the world that they've done that with Andre and like what his sort of work. And then that, that will go to that, like you know, find some more project. Right? Yeah, exactly. So it's just about getting the wheels turning and having that under your belt and that experience. But I found it easier just knowing that if I started in a full-time place, I could get all that experience straight away and like show something. So that when I did move on, I could I could then go either to freelance if you like I worked with these, or I could continue to go to my next full time position. So yeah, there's always a will, but it's for me, I think it was harder going straight into freelance. And I think for me, you know, it's like the confidence. I learned a lot of confidence with the feedback, working with people working in a full time position by doing my work and getting that dialogue loop. Whereas freelance for me, I found that like, oh, if I'm just having those shorter conversations and connections with businesses and, and companies maybe i get i grow less of that confidence like in a across a space of time what are the origins of your copywriting career like how did you get into it the origins so i do love that word <laughs> i think i found myself as a copywriter i never like aimed to be one and i never thought of that as a career choice because when i was younger i sort of was like I need to find a job that's like really lucrative and that matched what I did at school. And I I did these three qualifications. So it has to kind of go that way. So I started in architecture as my undergrad. uh, And then after I graduated, I was like, I don't really like this. So why did I, why am I going to continue to build a career in it? So then I thought to myself, I have to decide how to like move into a space where I'm going to be happy and still be creative, but use all the skills that I've learned. And I realized like, I was kind of fortunate enough to find myself in a junior creative position in an advertising agency because I could show my portfolio of like things I've designed, things I've presented, ideas of buildings, like my thinking, which is like the most valuable thing I think for people to take you on when you can explain why you arrived at that solution and that proposal and that idea. And so I showed them sort of like my educational work and they and like stuff I did in my spare time, like whether it's photography and, and, you know, creative stuff I did on the side and they took me on. And then from that point on in my advertising kind of years, I grew more and more experience into, Oh, do I want to be a designer? Do I want to be a 
creative? Do I want to be a, a writer? And I think I just spent quite a few years deciding where I wanted to be in the advertising space. And eventually it was like, I think writing's my thing. So it was definitely just like a an unconscious journey. And then poetry naturally came into my life just because I, I help, you know, it helps me process my stuff. And then I thought, well, if I'm good at writing outside, maybe that's my forte inside. So I sort of like leaned further into that. And here I am. What actually was the deciding factor for you to say, okay, copywriting is for me or writing? Was it just the feeling or was it the results? I think it was the act of thinking lots about something, solving a problem and communicating it. And, you know, you can communicate in a variety of ways. Like we all, it's like visually, verbally, you know, with your body. And there's so many ways to communicate. But I think writing naturally came. I don't know if I have an answer for that. It just was just like, that's my lane. That's my thing. So I think naturally gravitate towards it. Whereas I didn't actually nat naturally gravitate towards designing as much or it didn't feel as organic. It felt harder. It felt more of a resistance. So copywriting was like, I want to think and solve problems. And I think usually the writers have to do a lot of that because you're going to read, people have got to read and understand where something visually can mean something like can mean it can be so subjective, like art can be subjective. So I think I naturally wanted to be like, writing is that sort of thinking piece. And I think a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I laugh because what you just said is exactly how I feel about copywriting. To me, it's so difficult to put the words together. It's not the lane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's not the lane. I, I, I definitely think I'm more of the visual person. So mm -hmm. I like playing with graphics and everything. Yeah. I think I've, I'm still decent. I can put together a decent copy, I think, at least yeah. the one that I like. Yeah. Where the words make sense to me, but it's the process to get there is actually tough for me and i'm not sure if it's part of it or or not i think it's like sometimes there's like a natural flow with like if someone's really good at designing and it's just like oh i love it and there's excitement but sometimes things take practice so it's sometimes it's quite a hard thing to know it's like am i just bad at this or do i need to practice like it's definitely a yeah a not very clear process for sure but i think there's also the do you love it and that's at the end of the question i'm like yeah i love it so there we go that's actually kind of like my next question which i think you have answered it is like how do you actually identify you are maybe good for copywriting i assume like you must love writing like this is this has to be like a tell but is there other things because copywriting has a lot of other things just than writing because you were saying like it's about communication skills how do you get this idea across and how do you actually i guess embed the concept into this message so How do you actually identify if you're good for it? I would say, only speaking from experience, because I think loads of people can arrive at this answer in their own way. True. If you're curious, if you want to solve problems, and if you find you can simplify something really crazy into something small, like really tight and clear for anyone to pick up and read. I think those three, curious, problem solving, and simplification think they're like a really good like good tenants of being a copywriter and that's when you know like oh yeah you kind of gravitate towards that space um it feels like copywriting is for you yeah can you teach my copywriter the last one <laughs> <laughs> i always tell him please simplify this please simplify that's, this the yeah. sentence is too long <laughs> <laughs> but it is um it's something i've definitely learned like i used to think writing copywriting was just making something sound so professional and mm -hmm. using big mm -hmm. words and like It's all about like, oh, that person is so intimidating because they're writing so amazing. But actually, I've learned 
being in the industry simple and like does it answer what it needs to do does it say a message is it fun is it engaging is it what it needs to be then yeah cool it doesn't have to have that big fancy word in it it doesn't have to be like pages long it can just be that if that's all it needs i guess it's like the assumption and reality right it's like yeah we assume it's like gonna be super crazy we need to use all the different like we you need to know a lot of crazy vocabularies but it's in the end it's like nike just do it you know yeah, <laughs> that it was done yeah it's done and now everyone is like oh yeah okay just do it. i get it it's like simple so what would you say is the most challenging aspect of being a copywriter is that simplification because for me when i'm trying to write a podcast um description and episode description it's always like there's so many things taken into consideration there's the search engine optimization we need to put in the keywords we need to portray the message and everything needs to fit in certain characters i just it's so tough sometimes but i i obviously i'm not i'm just working in like a very small sector right podcast the description writing but I imagine for brands, like you were mentioning inclusive inclusivity, like there are all these different things you want to push. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you say is the most challenging aspect of being a copywriter? Yeah, that's a really great um, sort of insight into, I guess, a lot of copywriters and writers and content writers like lives. Um, and I saw Andre's face up there, just kind of like, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm sure that lots of people find this really difficult. But um, I would say the most difficult is... One being you have to think of loads of things in your end result. There's lots of things to think about, whether it's word count, whether it's like, is this being inclusive and diverse enough? Is this solving the the problem? Is this in the brand tone of voice? Does it sound like, you know, the brand it's coming from or the person you're writing for? So there's so many layers to that sort of one piece of communication that can be quite tough to like get into that practice and get really good at. And then secondly, I would say, I found it really difficult just finding my place in the work world. I think that's a big part of, you know, being in like an environment that isn't just like school or in your own personal life, but being a professional in an environment where they're paying you to do something. And there's lots of things around just showing up to work every day as an employee. I think that's probably the second, like that's second to it. What is the most recent challenge that you couldn't overcome when it comes to copywriting? Or did you ever get assignment where you were like, I cannot think of anything. Did you ever get that block? Oh, the old writer's block. <laughs> I think a challenge. I don't. I think I get writer's block often. Um, I'm trying to think of how I can add value to this question because it's it's common. But there's always something I can write, but it doesn't mean it's going to be good. Like I'll always write something and I'll be like, oh, you know, when I look back at it like two minutes later, I find that like it's never good straight away. Or if it is, it's like a whim. It's often like, put loads of stuff down, take a break, have a walk, come back. Is that good? Is that, you know, like there's, it's, it's hard sometimes just to get it straight away. Um, and it's like with anything, it's not always natural. You might have a bad day. You might have slept rubbish. You know, there's loads of things that affect someone's mind and thinking and creativity. But a challenge I would say, I find it's difficult to sometimes be really creative or put an idea into something that just needs you to be really direct. And I think this is just like a personal, sometimes I want to make it bigger than it is. And it actually is just say, say what you need to say. So I think that's a personal challenge of mine to like sort of know when to put all my energy and creativity into something that, and then when not to, and just to like do what is asked of me, just say what it is because that's all that's needed. So I think that's a personal challenge. Mm -hmm. And have you ever had something where you said, no, this is not, I cannot do it. 
I don't think that's an answer. I don't think it's an answer I could give. I think you just have to do it. There's always a way and you have to kind of learn how to find that solution for someone because if you're up against deadlines or someone needs that copy from you or that communication or if you're putting something into a video, the answer you, there isn't a no answer. It just has to be done because like, you know, businesses rely on it going out to their, their, their guests and customers. I guess in a way it maybe is done, but maybe it wasn't up to your, I guess, standards or like how you wanted it to be, right? Because at the end of the day, you must turn something in and maybe that's not what you wanted it to be, but it has to go out. Yeah. And I think because we, in, in like a, in an environment like that I'm in, you often work with other people and there's lots of people in the process. Like I said, creative directors, you might have marketing managers, brand people, designers, we're all in the process together. So we're all sort of making something to kind of go out to, to the public. So um, it might not be what you want as like an individual or as a writer, but it's something that maybe that, you know, piece, that video or that packaging needs and it has to just go out because you know it's clear to customers it does what it needs to do but you might have to just be like eek that's not what i wanted but it's still out there i'm wondering if you start working as a copywriter what are the possible venues for you in your career like how can you grow your career or is copywriting the final destination um great question um i would say it depends what you want for your future. I would say some people just really love writing and being a writer and just doing that until maybe they're 50, 60, or maybe 40. And they just love the act of writing and communicating and, and just like prose. Um, other people really want to maybe become a creative director. So eventually someone that sits higher up at the chain and has that overview and can give feedback on work that brands and businesses make. And they have maybe more of that um, voice in a company um, and that that might require you to kind of learn more about design photography all this you know the business that has to happen around creativity how much things cost um, and they might have to learn more about the whole process to become a creative director rather than just knowing about maybe the copy space so that's also a possible career path other titles I've seen like looking around LinkedIn and just working with different people is head of copy maybe you're just someone who really wants to set tone of voices for businesses and brands and you want to you want to start creating sort of these personas and and stories around like new products rather than being more in the marketing space you might want to be just in the pure start of a process of like setting up a brand yeah there's I think it's always like where do you want to go in your life and how do you want to work because there's always like an environment or sort of a, a title for it um I definitely think for me, I see myself as a creative lead. So I think that's somewhere between creative director, but not just writing, but being able to have opinions on like, you know, recommending the creativity side of brand, what we might need to do visually as well as someone who's like worked both in like the visuals and creative, take that knowledge forward to be more of a creative lead and sort of manage a team eventually and like help people in their journey in being writers and creatives and like support them in and support their talent and their growth. So yeah, I think there's lots of different um, ways you can you can take copywriting, or maybe you just want to be a novelist or an author, or you want to write kids books, or you want to write, you know, the little paragraphs in Netflix programs, or you want to write a blog and you want to be an influencer or a mommy blogger. Like there's so many ways you can take that experience in copywriting and then make it your own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so you mentioned earlier that your career started through an advertising agency and that mm -hmm. you studied architecture. Yeah. So I assume you didn't, you don't have a degree of copywriting. I don't know if something like that even exists. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you think that the degree is important for, for copywriters? Um, my answer is twofold. 
I think having a degree in general, I would say, unfortunately, because I think higher education can be quite exclusive, having a degree does help. I, well, I found it's helped me get into the hands of employers just because there's sort of like that. She went to university, she went to college, and unfortunately that exists. It's still like a stigma of the industry. Um, I don't think you need it. I think in generally any creative discipline, if you have passion, if you have things you've done, if you have things to show for yourself and you can show people about them, tell people about them and show them, and people see something in you or think you're talented, and then you can get anywhere, really. I think it's just, you know, showing showing yourself because people can only know what you do with what you have and what you've got on to show to them. So I don't think a degree is necessary. I do feel that having a degree in copywriting or in ad school or in a creative realm does help expand your mind in thinking about different things and ways you might not have thought, but then you could get that from YouTube. So there's always a way to learn and think differently. Like I'm not discounting universities and colleges and degrees. I'm just thinking Please that, do. Please do. I just, I, I find that like they do, <laughs> they do help um, you think about things in new ways. They're just places of like knowledge and teaching. And I think teaching is always like invaluable wherever you find it. And, and maybe that what I think I missed out on in copyright, having a degree in copywriting was they teach you traditionally where like marketing, copywriting and how it all works together and the value of it, wherever I've had to learn that, like as just being in employment, because I had a background in architecture. So I kind of came in just being like, what's marketing? So I had to learn that. So I think there's like two arguments there. So if young people want to, or I don't know, anyone, I guess, in this case, wants to start becoming a copywriter, uh, like now, so what should they be doing instantly that you would recommend them to do? Like, what's the next step? Next step. Start journaling. <laughs> yeah, I would say <laughs> something. start, firstly, look around anything where writing is on, on like packaging on the internet, on shows, on film write-ups, on the back of books, anywhere there's writing and like start to identify what type of writing is great. What do you really like? What type of writing you, you want to do? You might find yourself interested in. And then... Just start practicing writing your own, like set yourself little tasks like, okay, well, there's a new book out. I'm going to start writing the back of a book or come up with a title for a new book or maybe right. start, um, you know, if you, if you are really interested in marketing writing, some, there's like a, a resource online called one minute briefs and they often just put like a, a brief out, like, and you have to do it in one minute and solve it. And that's a piece of writing that solves that for like maybe a tagline or like a, a quick piece of copy for something. Um, and sort of like get into the practice of writing things. Um, and then also with that, getting feedback from people, because you might think you've written something amazing, but if you show it to someone, they don't understand. It's like, nope. <laughs> am I that good? Did that do, did that communicate anything? Or is it just a nice word? You know? So I think that feedback is really important too. like start showing friends, family, like asking them for their, their thoughts on it. So I guess we have the, our kind of like small plan for this episode, uh, because we're talking about all about copywriting and creative writing. If you are interested uh, and you're listening, you want to kind of start becoming a copywriter, you can try and practice writing a copy for this podcast episode. And you can share with us either on, I would say on Discord, or you can share it on Reddit or just share it on our YouTube channel. So we know we can give you some feedback. <laughs> so we know if you communicate it this really well. Alex the best one. Yeah. Ooh, thank you. I've never been asked for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that actually sounds like a quite, like a nice, uh, practice. You were just saying, like, people, like, 
love watching Netflix, maybe you can try practicing、mm-hmm. writing a copy for the Netflix film that you are watching and give it to your friends and say which one would you rather watch. I would say that's also、yeah. a fun exercise. Yeah. And if it's if it's better, then send it to Netflix and they'll hire you right on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> just like to whom this may concern, this is a better piece of I writing run, for that show. I run an A/B test of my copywriting. <laughs>、yeah. My friends chose my copy <laughs> rather、exactly. than your copywriters. Yeah, yeah, but it is it is nice、uh, talking to you, Alex. And thanks so much for showing everything. Pretty sure you have more things to say, but、uh, that's. Fortunately, that's the time we have today,、uh, and we learned so much about copywriting. And very, very, thank you for joining our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. You know, I appreciate all your questions and just having me on. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye, team. Thanks for joining us in this episode. If you are a high school student who is interested in creating content but not sure how to start. Why not join us and do it together? You can be a guest or even a creator on the show. Interested to know more? Simply click on the link in the description, and we will be in touch. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and follow our podcast. You can find extra content from our interview on YouTube and TikTok. Tell us what you think on Discord and Reddit. We are how real life works on all the socials. Links are in the description.